Welcome to the Save Your Marriage by Restoring the Man podcast, dedicated to all the men who are going through marital problems and want to save their marriages, with host Arturo Henriquez and sponsored by The Fortified Spouse. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this podcast. You know, as you can imagine, one of my curiosities in life is the difference between those who are able to save their marriage and those who are not able to save their marriage, you know, where it just did not work out for one reason or another. Now, at the Fortified Spouse Program, we have about an 83-84% success rate. Um, but then again, that there's that 15-16% to 16% that were not able to save their marriage. Now, in that, in that category, there are those that the wife has already checked out, she's already through, and remember, we cannot control your wife. You cannot control your wife. And the wife just never stepped back into the relationship. The other 83, 84% who did save their marriage was because they influenced their spouse to a point where they were able to come, they wanted to come back to the marriage, independent of where the marriage was, whether it was already heading for divorce, they were in separation, there was an affair, or it was just a marriage crisis or just trouble in the marriage. But they were able to, through our program, you know, save their marriage. Now, in that 15 to 16% of the people that didn't save their marriage, there are those where the wife maybe would have come back to the marriage. And that's the part I want to focus on. You know, what happened to those where that possibility, the wife hadn't fully checked out, there was a probability, a possibility of the wife coming back to the marriage, but she didn't. So I want to make a distinction between those who I think really could have saved their marriage but didn't and those who really do save their marriage, not the ones where the wife never came back to the relationship because, again, those we can never control, you can never control, those men can never control. So, again, I want to shift it, shift the focus to those that can really, who could have really saved their marriage to those who actually did save their marriage. And it occurs to me that there are some distinctions. And today I want to talk about three of those distinctions. Now, there are a lot of them, but I think these three are very, very important. These are three secrets that people who saved their marriage have discovered. And these are three secrets that you can activate in your efforts to save your marriage. Now, before I get into that, I just want to remind everybody uh, who has not booked an, uh, a call with me, that I am giving complimentary calls. If you go to www.fortifiedspouse.com forward slash call, you can book a call with me and we can talk about your particular situation at no cost to you. It's a complimentary call with me. So let's talk about just what these three secrets are. The first one is the people who are able to save their marriage recognize the difference between the symptoms of their marriage problems, and the causes of their marriage problems. You see, a lot of times I see people come in and they're trying to deal, how do I deal with this other person that's in the relationship? You know, it's an emotional affair or a physical affair, or how do I deal with that anger that's coming at me for my spouse? Or how can I deal with the resentment? How do I deal with my own hurt? How can I deal with all the problems that have happened in the past? the lying or the negligence of the relationship, all of the pieces that have come together, how can I work on that? And the first thing that you'll notice is all they're naming right here are symptoms. 
It can look like those are what caused the problems, but they're actually symptoms of the problems. It's kind of like if you're a doctor and someone comes into your office with a fever and all you do is give them something to reduce the fever, not ever wondering about the underlying causes of that fever, something is creating the inflammation response. Something is creating that feverish response in the body. And if you never get to it, it never, it's never going to get better. In fact, my wife and I weren't talk, you know, were talking about a situation that she heard about where the person went to a doctor and they just kind of passed on and worked on treating the symptoms. There's a fever and some aches and pain, so they gave some medicine and never recognized that there was an underlying infection that was bringing the person's very life to the edge. And so in that case, it really was a factor of only treating the symptoms. So people who are able to save their marriage are able to recognize the difference between the symptoms of the problem and the actual causes. So let's talk about this in real terms, in terms of the cause. The cause of most of those symptoms really are about hurt and they're really about disconnection. Remember that the roots of marriage are in connection. That's the lifeblood of a relationship, really any relationship. And the most important one, as it, ref- you know, as it relates to this podcast, is your romantic relationship with your wife. Part of what happens in the decline of a relationship is that the lifeblood is being choked off. The nutrients of the relationship that are brought through that connection are not able to make it into the relationship. And so both people are cut off. I've talked about the pause button, you know, marriages, you know, the pause button marriage where people think that life happens, right? Life takes over, like they have to raise the kids, they have to climb the corporate ladder, they have to run a marathon, they have to do whatever they need to do. And all those other things that um, that come into their lives take precedence over the relationship. And so nothing is going back into the relationship and the relationship is kind of dying. They didn't recognize that you couldn't put it on pause. And so they disrupted that connection and in the disruption of the connection have lost what was there in the relationship. At that point, you begin to see that the real cause is disconnection. In that pause button marriage, the real cause of the problem is the disconnection. And what has to happen is not treat the symptoms, not treat that you're angry with each other, that you feel neglected by the other person, you don't you know, you're not on the same page with the other person uh, or you're not in love with them. Um, and a lot of other words that we, that we hear and, 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 uh, and say, what's really going on is the disconnection has dropped to the level where there is hurt and pain and disdain for each other. And so part of what I notice is a lot of times when you look at how people try to move forward in their relationship, they're, what they're doing is they're dealing with the symptoms, One of my pet peeves about a lot of marital therapy is that it's based on communication theory. It basically says that the problems we have in relationships are because we're not communicating well. So many times I've had people, you know, in in calls uh, through the program, uh, and they just said, we just need to communicate better. And my response is to say, if I teach you to communicate better, are you going to be arguing better, you're going to be more effective at attacking each other. Are you going to get better at that? Are you going to get better in the relationship or just better at the attacks? 
because the real issue is not at all in the communication pattern. Of course, if you have poor communication, it certainly doesn't help. But again, that's the symptom. Most people are good communicators. You know, when I, when I speak to our, my clients on calls or Zoom calls, I share with, you know, they share with me for about an hour. And as I sit there and hear every word they say, and they're asking me to teach them these communication skills. And I don't think that's the real issue. You see, below the communication um, error is a lack of connection. And connection, it what it's what you know favors the communication. So if I feel like somebody is disconnected from me, I'm not going to be a very good listener to their communication. I'm not going to experience listening to their communication very well. So communication is a symptom. Connection is the problem. So how about an affair? Where an affair comes together when there is a lack of connection and a lack of boundaries. Whenever there's a lack of connection and a lack of boundaries, it's kind of waiting for the opportunity. When people are connected and they maintain the healthy boundaries of a relationship, it's kept safe from infidelity because infidelity is really just a symptom of a lack of boundaries and a lack of connection. Because if you are feeling physically and emotionally connected to your wife uh, and she was feeling emotionally and physically connected to you, then there would be no need to seek that out outside of the marriage. Those are the underlying pieces. So rule number one, the people who understand the difference between symptoms and the causes of their issues do a lot better job of addressing it and hence saving their marriage. So many times I've watched people as they've tried communication skills. They've tried lots of other ways of dealing with the issue, but they never got to the true issues of disconnection. So... What is number two? The next secret, the secret number two, is people who save their marriage recognize that their spouse is not the enemy. And guys, this is a big one. I watch so many people who struggle against the spouse and they treat their spouse as if they are the enemy. And so it becomes a very oppositional piece. You know, you'll notice that if you watch what happens in a divorce process, the attorneys will put a versus between the two names, the people who are in the divorce process, because it's oppositional. The problem is we often become oppositional before we're at that point of divorce. Sometimes people think that the enemy is their spouse, that they somehow got to turn their spouse around. They have to do that in order to save the marriage. And so they begin a process that's oppositional. They begin struggling with the spouse. They begin trying to coerce a spouse, force a spouse, somehow trying to turn a spouse using pressure, change the spouse. And at that point, they made the spouse the enemy. Now think about that. What you're trying to do is create a relationship, a better relationship with someone who you've now made the enemy of you. And you'll notice that what that does is it follows a pattern that I've talked about many times. A marriage always starts with you and me. That's always the beginning point of a relationship, and it's a great beginning point. You and me in love who want to join our lives together. A lot of times people don't recognize that the next step of that is to become a we. We are in this together. We are a team. We have each other's back. There's a core piece for me of mindset here. Both people need to say that we are in this together. 
But if you make that you and me over time becomes you versus me, it becomes oppositional by nature because you haven't become a team. And whatever is, it's not a team, all those decisions that have to be made begin to be more and more vital and more and more pressure and more and more oppositional until you get to this place where the opposition begins to bleed out and the you versus me builds and builds and builds until it is you versus me. In a legal process, people who are able to save their relationship recognize that they're not up against their spouse. They may be up against a spouse's mindset. They may be up against a culture's mindset. The relationships aren't really worth that much in that culture. They might be up against friends and family mindsets that maybe it's just easiest to cut and run. That's what they're up against, the beliefs that are behind that. The mindsets that are behind that, that's the enemy. The spouse is never the enemy. The spouse is who you want to enlist and invite into the process. And whenever you make your spouse the enemy, the breakdown continues. The pressure builds, the pain continues to mount until it's almost as if there is no other possibility than going to war. And that's what often happens. Many times the process because becomes so consumed with anger and frustration and resentment because it becomes a you versus me mentality. It becomes my wife is the enemy. Those who are successful recognize the spouse is never the enemy. The mindset, the beliefs are, but the spouse is never the enemy. So the third secret that people who save their marriage recognize is that they actually need a plan. And habits are a big part of that. And the reason it's so important to look at habits, it's because usually our habits are getting us exactly where we are. We're getting exactly what we could out of our habits. They're spinning us exactly where they could. And the problem is, since those habits are so ingrained, we have to have an alternative. We have to find another way through that or we continue to repeat the same things. The same habits of communication with a spouse the same behaviors, the same feelings, the same patterns, the same visceral uh, dynamic, that all continues because they're based on habits. You know, if you're disconnected from your spouse, if you're a disconnected couple, then your habits of communication and your habits of connecting are what's continuing to feed the disconnection. If you're, connect, if you're in a connected marriage, then you have built-in habits of connection. And one of the examples that I use, one of the tools is the one-way text. It means to be a no-pressure way of letting a spouse know that you're thinking about them, that they're in your heart and your mind. And so sometimes I have this very interesting question for people who say, well, how long do I keep doing that? You know, sending that one-way text. I mean, as my relationship gets better, when do I stop doing that? And my response is, why would you stop doing a habit that lets the other people, uh, the other person, your wife, know that you're thinking about them and caring for them? Why would you change that? So here's a little secret. The same methods I use to build a relationship back from the brink of divorce are the ones that you can use to continue building your marriage forward. They're just the ones that you make into your habits. But the habits have to start with a plan. Otherwise, you'll fall off. It's unsustainable. Have you ever had that thing where you sat down and you said, you know what? I'm going to get into better shape this year. 
I'm just going to do that. I'm going to get into better shape. And yes, I'm just going to do that. And then answer me the next question. How long did that work for you? How well did it work for you? Or did it work out at all? So if you're at a place of saying, you know what? I really do. I, I want to save my marriage. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to save my marriage. And that's as far as you get. You've missed the big jump. The big jump is when you commit to it. So let's let's say, you know, let's say you decide to get in shape. And the way you're going to do that is you're going to take a five walks a week. And then you're also going to go lift weights three times a week. And maybe you're doing some sprints every now and then. And you've got that down. And then you sit down and you look at your eating habits and you choose maybe a Mediterranean diet or uh, whatever diet, you know, that you choose, a keto diet, whatever that is. So you plan out your menus, right? Not just claim that you're going to eat that way, but you plan out your menus so that you know what you're going to do when you get up tomorrow morning at lunch, at dinner, and the next day and the next day. And so you have all that laid out. And then you realize that you want to do some other things like take some vitamins or get a checkup or do some other pieces. And that becomes a habit of your life. You'll notice that how it becomes a habit was because it was part of a plan. Until it's part of a plan that there's, there's nothing to activate. There's nothing to keep you on track. Our brains, our minds are interesting things. You know, we'll start hitting in one direction and then we'll easily be detoured somewhere else and still believe that we're on our original route. You know, that's what our mind does. And one of the shiny examples in my mind was a client who decided to work using my techniques, which I will claim that my technique is about building connection. It's all about based on human need for connection. And so he was in the Fortified program uh, and making good progress and everything was going actually pretty well. So he figured he was at a point where he needed to use the no contact rule. And if you've heard of some of my podcasts, you know that I don't, I don't believe in the no contact rule. I think it's crap and I will stand behind that. But the no contact rule is where you have zero contact with someone, usually for 30 day period as a way of making them jealous. Forgetting the fact that people don't really feel that jealous unless they're connected. It's not the absent makes the heart grow fonder. It's absent makes the fond heart grow fonder. And if the heart is not fond right now, having no contact is not going to bring the fondness back. And so this person was making great progress with connection using our program. And then she went out of our program and decided to do this 30 days of no contact. At the end of those 30 days, he decided it was time to start working on connection again, only to find out that his wife had moved on, had another boyfriend and was filing paperwork. And he said, I don't, I don't know what happened. I was working on saving the marriage and things were going great. And I said, well, you really weren't. You started off saving your marriage and then you detoured. But you didn't even realize it because you didn't have your plan. You had a plan and you changed it ab, you know, arbitrarily. And when you change the plan arbitrarily, the plan ceases to be a plan. The program is no longer a program. You see, the importance of a plan is that it helps you stay with being calm, constant, and consistent. Think about it as three C's, calm, constant, and consistent. It also helps with the three C's when we're working on 
the connection with your spouse, and when you're working on changing yourself and creating a new path. You have all those pieces in your plan. The importance of that is that you have an anchor, you have a mooring, you have a place to come back to and say, how am I doing based on what I wanted to do? And many times that's a reorientation. I've had many people who create their plan and they think they go off and do it. And then they look back and then they realize that they have failed miserably to keep up with their plan. The people who make their plan and then follow their plan are the ones who are capable of saving the marriage. And the ones that are even more capable, where the highest probability comes into, is where they have a plan that's tried and tested, that others have walked through that plan, have used that plan, have used that program, and there is evidence of success. That is the best plan of all, not one that you just make out of the blue and call it a plan because it, it checks all the boxes and it has all the pieces. But if that plan has never been proven to be effective, then you might be, you know, you might be very well be exercising a plan that is going to be ineffective in saving your marriage. And that's why we, you know, we created the Fortified Spouse Program because it does just that. It saves marriages. Okay. So those are the three biggies, the three big secrets that I want you to think about. The first one is to recognize the difference between the symptoms and the cause of your problems. Number two is to recognize your spouse is not the enemy. And number three is that you need a plan to follow. Now, if you got all of that worked out, that's great. If you recognize the real true causes of relationship problem, you know, that's great. If you know how to make sure your spouse does not become your enemy, again, amazing. If you have a plan for how you're going to save your marriage, again, great. But if you don't, again, consider the Fortified Spouse Program. That's where all of this is. You can find everything we talk about in this podcast and all the other podcasts and a lot of other tools and things that we don't talk about in there where you have an 83, 84% probability of saving your marriage and not being in that category of the people that could have saved their marriage, but didn't, right? You decide which direction you want to go. Thank you for listening. You have been listening to the podcast, Save Your Marriage by Restoring the Man. For further information, visit The Fortified Spouse at www.fortifiedspouse.com. Thank you.